Lyndall, how are you feeling about sharing this with the world? I'm actually really nervous. I really, like, you're sort of excited because it's finally finished, but it's really nerve-wracking knowing that you're telling your own story. This is Reignited, where together we will meet interesting people who have a curious message for the world. They'll tell us about their experiences so that we can all reignite our lives. Have you ever had an experience in your life where you feel completely alone and devastated and everything um, and not really knowing what to do with that? Our next guest had a life experience where she has actually made a documentary on it so that she can share her story and make others feel less alone. So I want to welcome Lyndall Redman. Hi. Hi, how are you going? Good. Now, before we get into your story, mm-hmm. what I'd love is for you to share the symbols that you've chosen to introduce yourself. Okay. What did you choose and why? Um, the first one is a television. Yes. Um, I worked in television for quite a few years and that's been part of my life for the last 20-odd years. So um, that and I love watching a lot of television, much to my husband's <laughs> disgust. Um, but obviously, because I'm a documentary maker, it's, yeah, TV. Yeah, so that, that sense of um, working in the industry yeah. and that's led to you being able to make this documentary. Absolutely. You know, if I hadn't have been in the industry that I am in, I wouldn't have been been able to actually do this and tell people's stories the way I have. So um, that's been a big part of my life is television and, and broadcast. So yeah, um, my next one is a wave symbol. Because uh, I love the beach and I find it very soothing and calming to be down the beach. We spend a bit of time down at Aldinga. Um, and yeah, it just reminds me of home as well and growing up by the beach and growing up, you know, near the water. Yeah, something really soothing about water and, yeah. and nature, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. And the, um, the third one's a feather. Um, I just really love feathers and birds. And one of the, and, and it comes actually up in the, in the documentary. Um, I actually got a tattoo of a, um, and if you can see it, yep. there we go. <laughs> so I actually got a tattoo of a bird after my miscarriage. So, um, and I just, yeah, I just really like feathers. I think there's, you know, it's freedom and, you know, flying and being around, yeah, yeah, the world. So yeah, yeah and I know in my time that I worked in palliative care, feathers were really symbolic mm-hmm. um, around. Um, connection and freedom and and lots of things. So th- it speaks. And passing volumes. to he- you know, I mean, that's part of the the tattoo is is sort of passing, going to heaven and yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah. So this documentary, um, you are not alone. Yeah. Um, has started from your own personal experience. So I don't really know where to start with this, um, and I want to take your lead on it. Yeah. So probably at so, the start. Yeah. <laughs> probably at the start. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always probably saw myself as a mum at some point. I was getting a bit older. Um, my husband, Jamie, and I, you know, we, we were closing in on our 40s and I sort of got to the point where I went, well, it's now or never um, to try. Um, my husband was fly and fly at, at the time as well, so that made it really kind of quite interesting even be able to conceive because he's away. Yeah, there's some logistics. Know, logistic <laughs> yeah. problems, you know. Um, six months of the year, can't try. Um, and, yeah, we got pregnant um, reasonably quickly yeah. um, when I decided, right, I'm going off the pill and I'm going to make, you know, we're going to see if it happens. And I was always one of those people that if it happened, amazing. Um, if it didn't, I, I wouldn't go down the path of IVF. 
Um, it was just, that was just the luck of the draw. But we got pregnant. Mm. And I was, I was reasonably excited. My husband was a little bit more apprehensive. He's got a couple of kids yep. um, from a previous relationship. So he was a little bit like, mm, not sure about possibly going down that path again. It's, you know, it's a big commitment. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and got the pregnancy. Yep. And I was, okay, I'm pregnant, you know. So we got all the confirmations, had the blood test. Everything was was looking fine um, because I knew my dates. They, the doctor said, oh, well, you don't have to go in for an eight-week scan. And I went, okay, that's fine. Um, she actually said, you know, you don't have to have one until 20 weeks. And it got closer to sort of 12 weeks. And I was still feeling pregnant, had all the symptoms. And I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just I just want to have a 12-week scan and see what's, what's happening. Um, and we booked it in. And we were driving there and I didn't even think for a moment that I would get there and not see my baby. Yep. Like I actually, the whole drive I was like, oh, we're going to see the baby. I wonder what it's going to look like. Um, I'd not done this before. So I was, you know, excited. Yeah, that excitement of, you know, what's this going to be and, yeah. and getting Ready for it. Yeah. And and from the moment you have that stick in your hand that says you're pregnant, and particularly if you really want it, you're attached to that that child. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, you're nine months, you're growing it, but you're attached from that moment. And so, yeah, so we went in for our scan and she basically said to me, oh, we can't really find you know, and I sort of was like, mm, something's not quite right. She said, oh, how far along are you? And I said, oh, I'm 12 weeks. And she said, oh, oh, it's not measuring, you know, it's only mm. measuring nine nine weeks. And I was like, oh, no. In my head I was like, oh, God. So you, at that uh, moment you're picking up the vibes yeah, of something's not right here. Yeah, I had massive vibes of something wasn't right at all. Um and then she sort of sends you out and then you come back in and they do what they call an internal, mm. uh, which is really kind of quite invasive. Um, if you've ever had one, which, you know, yeah. many women out there, if you've, you know, had yeah. a child. Um, and, yeah, came back in, she she did the internal um, and then she basically said, I'm really sorry, it's a non-viable pregnancy. And your heart just breaks. Yeah. And it still gets to me. Um, thinking about it um, because you're just so, you know, you're in this sort of bubble of like excitement and then just to have it ripped around, like ripped out of you um, was just, it was just heartbreaking. So what was it apart from being heartbreaking? Like what did you do in that moment? Are you just sort of left there? Um, yeah. Like how do you process that? Oh, to, to process. I uh, jumped in the car uh, and we rang my mum straight away. I said to her, there's no baby. And um, she was like, oh, come up. And I was like, don't, you know, and just needed to process it. And I will, all I kept thinking was, I've got work to do. I've got two shoots booked in, you know, because I do a lot of corporate yeah. video work as well. I was like, I've got two shoots booked in tomorrow. And I was like, how do I cancel that? I can't cancel. I didn't really want to talk to anyone. Um, and then I've you know, we basically just sat in the car. My husband and I just sat in the car and, you know, you just, you just, it's just, you just don't even want to 
see anyone. You don't want to talk to anyone. You'd literally just want to just sit on the couch and just grieve. And I got up the next, about three o'clock in the morning, because I'd told a lot of people as well, which is the other thing about miscarriage. Um, They say to people, oh, don't tell anyone before 12 weeks because, you know, that's the period, you know, just in case you miscarry. But I was like, you know what? If something was to go wrong, I want people to know. Yeah. You know, I've had friends go through it. I've been on the up, 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 you know, the opposite side of ringing a friend and going, "Hey, how's your pregnancy going?" For her to go, "Oh, we had a miscarriage," yeah. and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and there's something about I think our society that once upon a time it was so taboo, and you don't talk about these things. Yeah. Um, and that's what I want to talk to you about. You know. Why have you decided to share and actually make a documentary on this? And this is the thing. Because of my experience um, and literally a week later, another really good friend of mine, um, so I basically text everyone and said, hey, please don't contact me. I've had it. You know, we found out this. I know you love me, but I just need to deal with this myself. Yeah. So that's really good that you have straight away said to people what I need and space is what you needed at that time. And I certainly didn't want people ringing me on the next day yeah, (laughs) because I always had to go to work and I had to organise to go to the obstetrician and to have my DNC and to basically be cleaned out and Mm. to sort of pass Mm. my pregnancy. Yeah. Um, But literally a week after I found out we miscarried, another good friend of mine who was around about due about the same time she miscarried, um, and she's actually another filmmaker um, in Sydney. And I just went, why Why don't we talk about it? Mm. And then the more I spoke about it and the more I was open about it, the more people said to me, oh, I've had two or I've had three or my wife, you know, I've even spoken about it to men. My wife had, you know, two or ten or whatever. And I just went, we should talk about this more regularly. Like yeah. we should make it less of a subject that people go, oh, I don't want to I don't want to say anything because and and it is hard because people don't know what to say. And that's why I was like, well, you know, if there's something that I can do from my experience that will help other women and men, then why not? Yeah, definitely. And so that's where the documentary sort of sort of stemmed from really. Yeah, and and I like that you include men in that as well um, because I think um, that's an important part because they're going through something as well. Mm. Um, and I am a big believer in being able to process and talk about things because when we don't, um, you feel completely isolated and it bubbles away and is Abs- really detrimental. Absolutely. And, you know, men men are just as important. And we do, and it is you know, we are attached, you know, it's in within us. Yeah, there's a physical. There's aspect. a physical attachment. But for blokes, it's just, it can be just as bad um, if they're really wanting that child. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of how it all sort of manifested is is I went, well, why not? Yeah. Why so not? Why a, shouldn't we talk about there's it? There's a story that we need to tell. Well, there's absolutely a story we need to tell. And I think... It's becoming more and more prevalent nowadays. I mean, you look at Chrissy Teigen just recently. Yeah, um, and that actually from a social media and, you know, lots of news people. Yeah. Like, isn't this amazing? And it's like, yeah, well, that's life. Uh, that's life. I mean, uh, you know, Grant Denia's wife, you know, that was just on Kidspot last night. You yeah. know, her talking about her three pregnancy losses in the last, in the last, you know, year. So 
it's becoming a little bit more out there as far as talking about it. But what I wanted to do is is have real everyday people that people can relate to, uh, and I wanted to make sure I included men. Yeah, in, in that in that process. So we've got a couple of couple of men. My husband, yeah, uh, <laughs> obviously, um, and and a beautiful man by the name of David, who's yeah. who's seventy and he lives in Melbourne, and he he actually has has no children, so mm. he he's he's sort of it's past for him, and and he, he realizes that, but he thinks about it more now than he did when he was in his 50s and 40s. So Yeah, and I think as you get older too, your sense of what has my life meant yeah. and what has happened and what are my experiences yeah. become more prevalent as yeah. well. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly right. So it was, it was key to me to make sure it was, it was everyone. Yeah. And, and, and we are not alone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you, you're used to being on the other side of the camera. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. what was it like going, okay, I'm going to make this documentary because I want people not to feel alone yeah. and have this conversation that uh, we need to have mm. and be open about it. So what was it like being on the other side of the camera? Oh, I initially, I didn't want to be in the documentary at all. Um, I was very much like, I, I just want to tell other people's oh, stories. Yeah. But the more it went on, and the more I was going through my own journey, um, particularly getting pregnant again yep. um, at the start of last year uh, and then losing it very quickly and then and again getting pregnant again for the third time. So uh, I, I sort of had to sort of be part of it because yeah. I, could, I could be that person that sort of followed that journey through those m- moments and, and, and I had my documentary brain on and, and filmed myself uh, in in a couple of those really horrible moments, yeah. most people would go, "I don't want to do that." I, you know, I was sitting in a in a hotel room in Wyala uh, for my second second pregnancy loss, um, mm. which was very very early. Um, I think they call it a preg- uh, chemical pregnancy, but you know, like I said, the moment you get that positive pregnancy test, it is. There's still that like, oh, yeah, we're pregnant again. Like this is yeah, going to end and, in a baby. Yeah, and that's important as well because mm. no matter how far along you are, it's still loss. It's and it's loss, loss of the future and yeah. what could be and yeah. and so many things tied up in that, isn't yeah. there? And you yeah. sort of go like now, I mean, we've obviously gone on to have a successful pregnancy, um, but you still do go, oh, if the one at in two years ago, we'd be two years down the track and would we have – had Lincoln? No, he. It might. You know, there's all these things that go through your head of, of what could have been. Yeah, and, and you know what your life would have been like at that point. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. And what's it like editing? Because I've seen a little bit of that raw footage when you miscarried the second time, yeah. and it, it's, it's it's primal raw. It um, was stuff. very raw. Um. It was. It was probably the hardest thing I'd ever filmed um, because, you, you know, I, I just went, well, you know, I can't put makeup on and, um, you know, it's just going to be me as me. Um, those bits I don't mind. <laughs> I don't actually mind. I didn't mind cutting because mm. I was like, oh, you know, that was that moment. But, you know, having to edit yourself on camera, it's very confronting mm. um, and telling your story is you know, and being objective enough too as a documentary maker to use only the bits that 
irrelevant and, mm. and and but but obviously being open and honest you know i mean our story my my husband and i's story you know it wasn't all just like you know smooth sailing it yeah. was you know we went through the pregnancy loss and then and then you know my husband was relieved um that the baby wasn't coming for the first time which was really hard yeah you know and we talk about that because not everyone's Story is, oh, the husband being that person, you know, and it it, it is it is tough to to realise that, you know, your husband mightn't be in the same spot that you are. Yeah, and um, that's, that's a really important thing and in all the grief work I've done, yeah. that sense of everyone's reaction can be different and it's actually okay to experience those emotions that might not be seen as being acceptable, you know, yeah. to be relieved. Yeah. Yeah. And people will go, oh, my God, I can't believe. But he he's the most supportive and loving husband, mm. you know, and and it, it was hard for him because he was so reluctant to go down the path of having another child and and we were getting closer and we to our 40s and, you know, he's always, he was always the wife person that was like, I'm going to retire in my 40s. <laughs> yeah. So I think he could kind of go, oh, God, I'm going down the path of having another child. Being up in the middle of the night. Yeah, he's another 18 years um, lifetime of caring for someone else. So, um, but I got him there in the end. And, you know, he's, he's, he just loves Lincoln. Like he's Mm. just, he's, you know, and I've been very much like, you are dad. Here, go to dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that experience of, going through something, there can be a variety of emotions and it's it's not something that is just there's an order or a structure to it. It there's is what no, it is. There is no order and structure. And what I think, particularly for my journey, um, I threw myself into my documentary quite early on, um, literally within a few, probably a few weeks, I was like, I'm going to do a documentary. Did that help you process the grief? I don't think it did. Yeah. Um, I think it did to a point. Actually, should I say that? It, it did to a point. Um, in May the following year, so this was, so we lost in October, November, I think October, November. So the May the following year, I actually released my own story, a little bit of my own story on, on my Facebook page, just to sort of see what people's reactions were to someone talking about pregnancy loss. And that did help, that that slightly helped. Um, you know, I put it up on basically the day our child would have been born, which was Mother's Day, yeah. which was tough. Yeah. Uh, I basically packed up my husband and said, let's let's go to Tasmania. I want to get away from everyone and everything and I just want to just take that moment um, to sort of grieve our child's, what would have been our child's birthday. And then I threw myself back into my doco. Uh, got to probably October, which is like 12 months and that's when it hit me again and I just I just went, I can't deal with my doco. I just need to let things go. I'm not in a good headspace. Yeah. Um, and I needed to deal with my own grief. Yeah. Um, because I was getting a lot of grief, you know, sort of not their grief, actually their grief, but, you know, I was feeling a lot of other people's grief coming towards me. And yeah. I just needed to deal with my own personal journey before I could go further into the documentary. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, I sit in a space of 
listening to people's trauma a lot and, and doing that. And it's actually really important to look after yourself. So well done for just going, you know what, I I yeah. want to make this documentary, but I actually need to go and deal with myself at the moment. Well, and I think I think my part of my problem was is I threw myself straight back into work mm. and I didn't deal with it properly. And and this is this is probably the hardest part of working for yourself is I I didn't go, I'm gonna take two or three weeks off and take some time off. And that's where, I mean, there's discussions at the moment about having some time built into your workplace for women that go through, and, and I'm hoping that men get the same, Yeah, you know, that go through a pregnancy loss up until three months because it's kind of forgotten about. And it's kind of like you should be like, oh, you've had a pregnancy loss. You go deal with it. You come back to work and you get on with your life. And that's it's not quite that simple. And it's it? not that simple because psychologically it's it's quite traumatic, particularly yeah. for the women and men that really want that baby. Yeah. You know, that you know, and they might have seen a heartbeat at eight weeks and then walk into a twelve week scan and not have a heartbeat anymore. And and there is that attachment straight away. So I think it's, you know, something that we need to start looking at and, and implementing into workplaces. Time for for people to actually grieve and and have that moment and uh, acknowledge that their baby is is no longer yeah and also that transition back and how do you (sighs) navigate you know everyone else in the workplace and people knowing and not and you know so many things going on isn't there I know and as a as a female like I mean I'm lucky I work for myself so it's you know my boss kind of knew (laughs) that I was pregnant um but you know, for there's there's probably women out there that have gone through a loss that don't want to tell their workplace that they were even pregnant in the first place, let alone that they've had a miscarriage, mm. because they don't want their workplace to know that they're trying to get pregnant. Yeah, because there's still that issue of if you're at that pregnancy stage in your life that you know some bosses and they shouldn't. But some bosses would probably go, oh, she's trying to get pregnant. Oh, well, we'll just not give her the bigger jobs or yeah. we'll just, you know. We won't promote her. We won't or we promote won't, her, yeah. you know. And this is the thing that we need to really understand about, you know, pregnancy and pregnancy loss and, you know, workplaces and and allowing women to, to have time and allowing men to have time to grieve and, and it not affect how they're seen in the workplace. Yeah, definitely. And that could be a whole podcast on That itself. could be a whole podcast. <laughs> and we did really, you know, it's one of those things we really wanted to touch on in, in the documentary, but we <laughs> restricted ourselves to very short episodes, mm-hmm. um, which were supposed to be five minutes long each, uh, which ended up seven minutes long yeah. uh, because we literally couldn't do justice to everyone's stories within five yeah. minutes. So we had ended up going slightly longer across the board. And, and even then there is so much more to people's stories that we could have told oh, that we just spend hours on each person. We could have, yeah. absolutely. And and but I think I think the way we've done it, we we do everyone's stories justice. Yeah. So you not only tell your own story, but there's some other people. So what are some yeah. of the things that um, stand out to you in people's stories? Um, so we've obviously, I've spoken about David. He he is a beautiful gentleman um, that I, I managed to get connected with um, from Melbourne. Uh, we, what I, I, I really, it's really hard to talk about as I loved his story. 
But what I felt really uh, compelled with his stories is because he is 70 and he didn't go on to have any children and the fact that he's now thinking about it, you know, it, it, it basically signifies that it doesn't matter how much time's gone past. It's still in you and it's still ingrained in you. It's still, you know, something that you have to go through and, yeah, and something you'll of, think about yeah. for the rest of your life. You part know? of who you are it's now. Part, you yeah. know, and he sort of he sort of says, you know, he's he's into that grandma, grandpa stage and, you know, he's seeing all his friends have, you know, grandparents' stages mm. um, and he doesn't have that. We've got Libby. She's had 10 miscarriages. I won't give away too much because I mm. really want everyone to watch it online. Um, then we've got Christy who lives on a cattle station in far north South Australia. So we headed up there and filmed up there. So that was a three-day drive up, three-day drive back and I yeah. Jamie and Lincoln and my mum and dad along with us. <laughs> Made it a family uh, trip. A bit of a family trip just yeah. to just to capture her story. And is that experience, you know, obviously there's a common experience, but mm. also depending on circumstances. Yeah. Depends on how their story plays out. Or? Yeah. Well, obviously Christy is, is, her story is all about the isolation and mm. the fact that, you know, she's 600 kilometres from Alice Springs, yeah. you know, that's the, that's actually the closest medical help that she has other than the RFDS. So, yeah, so we've sort of picked people that, that sort of tell different parts, I mean, different parts of a, a pregnancy loss and, and but we're all connected. Yeah. You know, we're, that's the thing. We're all connected. Um, we've got a same-sex couple, Laurie and Bree, and they, they were both trying to get pregnant at the same time and, yeah. and, and Laurie obviously had a miscarriage. So... So that was that's quite an interesting sort of dynamic as far as you know that doesn't happen a lot that both partners are trying to get pregnant at the mm. same time. So, so they're sort of our key ones. And then we've got um, we've got Kate. Uh, she's a midwife, a retired midwife. So her story is sort of more of that historical yeah. element. Um, yeah. So there's there's some really amazing women and men that have being kind enough to share their stories. Yeah, and so by sharing their stories, what are you hoping happens? I'm hoping that it will allow others to realise that they can talk about it mm. and and to break that silence that is miscarriage. Yeah, yeah. So having the stories told. Yeah. Uh, it's launching next week. It is launching next week on Monday uh, on kidspot.com.au. Uh, on their Facebook page, you can actually sign up to get the reminder for the premiere. Um, it'll be one episode a night for the whole week, uh, and I think it's about seven o'clock South Australian time. Yeah, so it's an online launch. Yeah, yeah. for people to go. It's yeah, it'll be online. Uh, it'll be exclusive on Kidspot for three months, uh, and then once that's sort of done, then we'll combine everyone's stories and we'll and we'll create a sort of longer version uh, that we'll put out to to film festivals. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So, so Kidspot will have it. Kidspot um, for will a little have while, it. so yeah. people can can log, log on. on. Yeah, <laughs> they'll have a big page uh, that'll host everything, um, I believe. Uh, but yeah, if you go on Facebook and go onto Kidspot, sign up, uh, like the page, and and you you'll get reminders that it's yeah. it's coming. Lyndall, how are you feeling about sharing this with the world? I'm actually really nervous. I really like. You're sort of excited because it's finally finished, but it's really nerve-wracking knowing that you're telling your own story. And, and you know, the worst thing is is, is we live in such a social world now and, 
there's trolls and there's people that will 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 try and bring you down and and it's really hard to sort of separate yourself from that um, because obviously you want to read all the nice comments and and yeah. stuff like that but you you know it's it's tough knowing that it's your story in it. It's yeah. really tough. And very vulnerable and raw, isn't it? Yeah. And the funny thing is my husband actually hasn't watched it yet. Wow. So uh, I'm doing a sort of a bit of a private screening on, on Friday, uh, I'm sorry, Monday night, and uh, that'll be the first time he will will have watched it. And I, he, it's funny because I actually showed him the, the teaser, which will be released on Saturday, uh, and he's like, oh, oh, I mean, I'm a fair bit in that teaser. <laughs> and I said, uh, you're a fair bit in the documentary. Yeah. Like, I'm like, there's only one episode he doesn't actually appear in. So yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I'm like, yeah, you just wait till you see the doco. Yeah. And I guess it's that thing of getting used to seeing yourself yeah. um, as well where, you know, actors, you know, go in and do things. <sighs> Yes, and as look their profession. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going, I'm 20 kilos heavier because of pregnancy weight and I hate how I look on camera and I hate my voice. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at everyone else in the docker going, oh, you all look fantastic. Yeah. But, you you know, you're the most harshest critic of yourself um, seeing yourself on camera. How do you manage that? Uh, just try and look past it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really hard. It's it's one of those things you go, I wish I'd worn something different yeah. or I wish I hadn't had my makeup like that or I wish I'd done my hair differently or I just wish I could squeeze myself and make myself 20 kilos lighter. Yeah. But from a documentary point of view, if you put your producer hat on. If I put my producer hat on, my our story is very compelling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Our, our story is, is is something that I think people will understand and, and, and people, particularly couples that have had in a FIFO relationship, mm. will, will, will get what sort of happened in our relationship and, you know, where that journey's sort of gone to. And obviously I've given it away in the end that we've, shock, horror, uh, we had mm. a child. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the only one you get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because it's a bit hard to give, not give that one away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as as a documentary maker, I, I think our our story had to be in it. And you know, I, I've got a couple of wonderful producers, um, Carolyn uh, Winter and, and Lauren Hillman, who have been on this journey with me. So it's not all just me doing the documentary. Yeah, they've been sort of the guiding path for me and 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 really helped me um sort of work out what what we needed to to use out of my journey as well and um I must have been, it probably wouldn't have happened if if they hadn't been on board as well you know so having that support and that people, support yeah, yeah you know and 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 being a, a truly sort of all female uh creative head I think that really helped with how the how it's all sort of come together, yeah, um, and you know they've both been very busy. <laughs> they both they both work full time, and um, to to even have them on board was was just yeah, it was it was really good. Yeah, well done. It's not easy to make a documentary at the best of times, but when you're actually going through a personal experience at the same time, yeah, yeah. yeah. So huge. yeah, it, it it was it was a it's been a huge experience, and and I mean we couldn't have done it either without. You know, we've we we managed to get some grant funding from Screen Australia, which was amazing. Like the day they rang me and said, "Listen, we've we've approved your we've approved your funding," 
I was in tears. Yeah. Because it had been a two year, you know, at that point, probably 18 month journey for me. Um, actually, almost two years because we had Lincoln. So it's like February this year, they rang me. Um, and I was just, you know, just all the emotions of, well, this is actually going to happen now and yeah. I'm going to be able to create this and we're going to be able to do it to the to the point that we want to. Um, and I still remember my ringing my husband and he's like, what's wrong if you crashed the car? I'm like, no, I'm just so excited. We've got the funding. And as a creative, you know, like that's, that's it, you know, to be it's, able to have it come to fruition because someone's yeah, funding it is, yeah. is brilliant. And yeah. to have like the national funding body come yeah. on board um, and, and I was literally writing the grant application. I had a six-week old <laughs> and I'm writing the grant application. Um, so I just have no idea actually what I wrote in there because I was highly, highly tired. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, and Alyssa and the team there have been really good supporters and, and they've actually kind of guided to where it's been because I'd always seen it as like a, a one-hour you know, broadcast SBS, ABC sort of thing. Mm. Um, and I went to a conference and they, you know, I sat down with them. And they said, have you thought about online? And I was like, well, I have because I do a lot of my work is mm. actually online. Um, and that's how it sort of came to the point that it ended up on Kids Spot. Yeah, that's is, great. You know, and they have like millions, like 1.4 million reach. Yeah. Kids Spot do. So, to have them on board has been really good. And and then we also applied for some funding with South Australian Film Corp and we, we managed to get that as well, which was brilliant because it sort of gave me a little bit more time in the edit and, and you know, we ended up having it colour graded and, and all the audio done properly and all those sort of things that if I'd done it just myself, it just wouldn't have happened. So. Yeah, and you're doing that on top of your normal work and, yeah. and a, having a child. And a yeah. nine-month-old, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So throughout this whole process, what have you learnt about yourself and um, life? I think what I've learnt is I'm a lot stronger than I thought I would be. Um, you know, it's it's hard to tell your own story. Uh, it's hard to put your own personal journey out there. But, you know, I kind of had to. Yeah. I kind of had to. Um because it wouldn't be the 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 documentary wouldn't be what it is if it if I didn't yeah yeah and I think that reminds me of the stories that I hear in in my rooms um, that there's great power in in telling stories absolutely and actually acknowledging the parts that may not be so nice and we, we all have a story hard yeah we yeah. all have a story to tell um, whether it's a happy story or or a sad story we all have a story to tell and. And I think, you know, doing this documentary, uh, it does open up, you know, for other people that have gone through different experiences. It may not be miscarriage, you know, it might be stillbirth or it might be, it might just be cancer, you know. I mean, God, I've had cancer as well. And, um, you know, we've all got these stories to tell and, yeah. and why not? You know, I, I kind of wished, you know, I look back now and I go, oh, I wished I'd, I'd been doing video production so much earlier and actually captured my grandma and my grandfather's stories, you know, because they're lost. Yeah. So I think putting my story on on, on film and, and out there, it, it, it sort of uh, preserves that yeah. journey. Yeah, definitely. And um, so I guess I want to encourage people to tell their stories, whether it's 
making a documentary or, you know, with a friend. Yeah. Um, that it's so, so important to, to be able to voice. Um, and, you know, if you want to do a bit of art therapy, that's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> talking, talking about it. It's yeah. just, you know, it's yeah. so important. And, you know. Because if we don't. You know, it it comes out in other ways. Absolutely. Like I, uh, after our first miscarriage, I actually threw myself so much back into work and then my husband was away for almost five, I reckon five and a half weeks. Yep. He basically, he was there for two weeks after the miscarriage and then disappeared. And I say disappeared, it's not like he disappeared. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he, went, went, back to he work. went back to work and that was really hard. Uh, and I still remember walking into Christmas and, Basically, I walked in and saw my uh, sister-in-law with their baby, mm. and uh, I broke. Yeah, I broke because I hadn't spoken about it, and I hadn't really, you know, I'd kind of talked about it, but I'd talked about it not in my personal. And that's that's you know that's where the documentary sort of wavered a little bit too, because yeah. I was just went, oh, I need to deal with this myself. Yep. It's really important mm. um, that you do. And and I think that's the thing that people may forget is that things like Christmas, Mother's Day, um, you know, triggers. this is five years later and they would have been starting school now. Yep. You know, those triggers don't stop. Those triggers do not stop. Yeah. You know, I, you know, each year it's like, okay, that's another year. Mm. Or, you know, I had a friend who, who he's gone on to have it. Uh, they had a, a young son and around about the same time and I'm like, oh, yep. you know, so, so it's all these reminders. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard because you want to be excited for other people that are going through pregnancy, but it's sad it's, for yourself. You know, your heart's breaking and, and that's one of the things I find with um, social media is because everyone, and I know you want to be excited and I know you want to put out there the, the fact you're pregnant but, you know, putting out a scan of your baby on Facebook to someone who's gone through miscarriage is really, really tough. A little bit in your face. It's very much in your face. Mm. And it's really hard to to sort of separate because you want to do. And that's that was actually the, the interesting thing. We'd gone through our miscarriage and literally a few days later, my friend announced that they were pregnant. And yep. I was like, yep. I want to say congratulations, but I want to say I want to like swear, yeah, like really badly right now. <laughs> yeah, um, so I wrote congratulations and I walked away from my computer and I was just like, I'm just so heartbroken right yeah. now. And just you know, it's 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 tough. Yeah, it is. It's and, tough. And from a therapist's point of view, you know, it's really important to acknowledge your own feelings in that mm. um, because it's like, well, yeah, I'm I'm heartbroken for me. Yeah, mm. yeah, and I think that's what we need to do. Is, yeah, you know, acknowledge. Yeah, definitely. Well, I can't wait to see. What you've created and to bring a conversation to something that's usually silent. Mm. And I think that's brilliant. So what would be your, you've probably already touched on it, but what's your message for the world around this? My message for the world, it doesn't matter who you are, man, woman, partner, whatever, you're not alone. You're not alone in this journey of pregnancy loss. Mm open up and talk about it. The more you hold in, the more grief you hold in. And and I understand that people, some people won't want to talk about it. But for those people that do, talk about it. Yeah. Because you'll find that so many other people have gone through it. You know, it's one in four pregnancies. It's 100, I think 103,000 couples 
a year in Australia. Yeah. I think it's something like 282 women a day go through early pregnancy loss. And something that we don't normally talk about. And something we don't talk about. Mm. Yeah. And we should. And particularly through COVID. Yeah. Because we've got so much more isolation um, and there is probably thousands of women that have gone through a pregnancy loss, uh, particularly in Melbourne at the moment, obviously, we're, mm. you know, locked down, um, that need to talk about it. Yep. They need that support and there's there's some amazing support networks out there if you if you're not comfortable with talking about it to someone um there's you know uh there's sands there's bears of hope and um there's the pink elephant support network yeah. who who are part of the the documentary and um sam and and, and what the team are doing there is is just really amazing you know yeah. it's peer to peer so you're talking to people that have been through it yeah um but they're not your your close Networks. Friends, yeah, you know, if you're not comfortable talking about it in your close friends, yeah. um, and and sometimes you know you just need to know that what you're going through is okay. Yeah, it's okay to scream, it's okay mm-hmm. to cry, um, and it's okay to be upset. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you for having the insight, the courage, the I don't know what you call it, <laughs> but to go, you know, I'm going through this experience, and this is a conversation that needs to be had um so for breaking the silence and ensuring that people don't feel alone thanks Um, thank you very much for sharing with us today thanks for show notes and more information about my guests and to get in touch with me visit igniteartherapies.com.au from podbooth